powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello, (laughs) everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Sit down, please. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to The Derek Duvall Show. That's right. I am Derek, and this is another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. I am so happy you could join me for this 30-minute adventure. Before we get started, I want to thank our last guest, the legendary Tony Award winner, Hinton Battle. His interview, man, it blew up in terms of streaming numbers. I already had a good feeling about it when I released it, but the numbers I saw after the first two days were amazing. So Hinton's not on social media, so his staff relate to him your appreciation of his episode. So welcome to episode 58. We have on the show board-certified and renowned pediatrician, Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh. This Canadian transplant is going to be talking to you today about proper eating for yourself, but mostly your children, how to protect them from the COVID-19 Omicron variant, developing a better relationship with real non-processed food, and draws attention to the mental health crisis we are seeing in our young people currently. Dr. Gator is amazing. I cannot wait for him to speak to you all. So let's just go ahead and get him on out here. Ladies and gentlemen of Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from Los Angeles, California, renowned pediatrician, Dr. Joel Gator-Wash. Dr. Gator, hello. Welcome to the Dark Duval Show. How has the weather been out by you today? It's actually really nice today. <laughs> nice. I start my interviews off with the same question. And with you being a doctor, I'm sure you have a unique perspective. How has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Well, it's been a crazy couple of years, I would say. I mean, as a pediatrician, my job has changed a lot. A lot of the discussions and visits are around COVID or mental health with kids or, you know, questions around the the pandemic. So it's really, you know, changed from that perspective. I think it's really life has changed for everybody, just living a little bit in a different way and, and, and just, you know, even just appreciating things in, in a different light and spending more time with family and, and just really rethinking a lot of the simple things. Every journey has a beginning. What was it like for you growing up in Toronto, Canada? I, I love Toronto. You know, for me, um, it's, it's where I grew up and I was there until I uh, came to the States for medical school. But, you know, I, I had decided that I wanted to be somewhere warmer. And so that's what lent, uh, led me to end up moving out to Los Angeles just to get a little bit more sun and, and avoid some of the winters. But, you know, as a Canadian, I, I did play hockey. I love playing hockey and I love the winter as well. So I, I do enjoy going back home whenever I can to visit. And it's a beautiful city, but, but I love L.A. and maybe a little more. With COVID the way it is, is it pretty tough to get back into Canada right now? No, it's much tougher. You know, it was, they have pretty crazy, tough rules in, in Canada in terms of needing to quarantine for a long time. So I hadn't, didn't go back for a while. I did get to go back when they opened the borders back up uh, a few months ago, but it was over a year um, since I had been back from the beginning of the pandemic. So it, it, I, I try to get back as much as I can, but it's definitely been a lot harder since, mm-hmm. since the pandemic. 
Does all of your family live there? Uh, yeah, my family lives mostly in Toronto, and then uh, my brother's in Montreal. Right on. So at what age did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in medicine? I, you know, I, I knew pretty early on. I love helping people, and, and I love working with kids, and I love science and medicine. And so that was the natural you know, progression for me. I used to coach hockey and baseball, and I ran summer camps. So I just loved working with kids. So I knew that I wanted to be you know, working with kids and be a pediatrician when I went to med school. But that was pretty much, you know, what, what I had wanted to be for, you know, at least since the middle of high school. Was the option to come to the U.S. just a better opportunity to study medicine or? I had always wanted to move to the States and, and just I thought that you know, American medicine was, was so great and the schools were so amazing. And so it was a natural time for me to, I think, make the change and, and get you know some different scenery and, and be in a different country and then I could always decide to go back after if I you know, didn't want to be here but it seemed like a natural time to to give another country a try. What are your favorite memories of attending Thomas Jefferson Medical College? You know I think for me it was the, the connections that I made the friends you know working hard studying learning anatomy and, and, and even you know doing dissections I thought that was pretty cool and just seeing you know, human anatomy uh, for the first time and, and really just learning about disease and, and science and health and, and just everything really coming together over the four years and, and you know, going from just reading books, actually seeing patients and, and seeing the, the things that you have learned actually be able to help people. Okay. All right. So I have to ask, where exactly does the nickname Gator come from? Uh, so it actually comes from my wife. Her last name's Intelligator. And so people just thought it was funny and started calling me Dr. Gator. It's not a Florida thing. Well, people think it is, but nothing against Florida. I just you know, grew up in Toronto, and <laughs> it's just a wife thing. It's not a Florida thing. All right, fair enough. We have done a lot of reading about you, and you are well, well received with amazing accolades. What does it feel like to have that kind of validation of your work? Yeah, you know, any time if you can get an award, or, or you know, any time you get any accolades, I think it's so appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. most doctors, well, all doctors probably don't don't really do the work to get accolades. You know, we do it to help people. And so anytime you get recognized, I think that that's really just a nice, a nice bonus or, you know, cherry on top. Off the top of your head, how many papers have you published? I'm not sure the number. It's got to be at least 10 to maybe like 20 ish, but I haven't, I haven't counted any time recently. <laughs> I've always been curious about that. You see in the news or you see in TV shows, I had a peer reviewed paper published. What is the process from writing to publish to review? It can be a long time. I mean, it depends. It depends really on the on the project itself, um, because there there are some projects. It's going to be probably at least a year or two years when you're doing a project, but that's on the shorter end. It depends on your data collection. So, you know, if you're doing a long study where you need to get a lot of patients and follow people, it can take, that part can just take years, and then you have to actually write it down and then submit it and then get it reviewed and then actually get it in. Versus if you get some data that you want to review. Let's say there's a database somewhere and you take that information, you can get the information right away. You have to analyze it, but it, it can be much faster. So it's always a long process, but it very much depends on what the project is and, and how you actually get your data. So with your background, I feel this question is right up your alley. With the human race being, well, practically being beaten the hell on back, what are some ways that parents and children can have a much more healthy outlook? So the big thing for me when I talk to families is to really start to focus back on the foundations of health, or I call them the, the seeds of health being uh, S, stress, E, environment and toxins, other E, exercise, D, diet, and S, sleep. So these are the things that we all know, right? They're very basic. 
concepts, but especially with the pandemic, a lot of our general routines have been thrown off. The the basics have gone out the window. We focus on other things, and you know now we need to get back to those basics because we know that you know regardless whether it's a pandemic or anything else, our our health and the the pre-existing conditions and the comorbidities and the you know the way that we are and how healthy we are that has a huge impact on any time that we're exposed to anything. So if we're exposed to you know coronavirus or any other virus, uh, our general health is is most of the time going to be the main factor in terms of how severe is that going to be? How are you going to handle it? How's your immune system? So, and I really try to focus people back on the things that they do have some control over because there's so much that we just don't have control over. And there's a lot of fear, um, you know, concerns for parents about everything right now and, and, and really focusing back on those things that we do have a lot of control over that we can help boost our children's immune system through eating a healthy diet, getting fresh foods, eating organic getting rid of the toxins in our home and in our food um, and making sure we get a lot of sleep, those things strengthen our children. And if their baseline is strong, then whatever they come in contact with, they're much more likely to be able to handle that challenge and, and they're just more resilient. As I just mentioned with the terrible past two years, old, sick, young, we've all been afflicted in some way by this pandemic. Have you been seeing long-term damaging effects in adolescence? I think... Well, a lot of the, the long-term damage that I've seen is around mental health right now. They're, they're, it's just a very tough time for everyone, but especially for, for teens and, and adolescents in terms of you know, not being at school, not seeing their friends, not being able to go out and do the things that teenagers usually want to do, and, and just the stress of, of family life, the stress that parents are going through, maybe they lost their job, or maybe a family member died, or maybe a friend died. And, and it's a really tough time, especially because for the most part, the younger Younger children, teenagers have, have done fairly well with the pandemic. So there's a lot of frustration you know, around not being able to do the things that they want to do and feel like they should be able to do. And so there's just uh, really high rates of depression and anxiety and suicide. And, and the rates of mental health hospitalizations have gone up 30, 40 percent in the last two years. And that's it's a very staggering statistics. So we, we have definitely seen a lot of it. And I've seen a lot of it personally in the office, which is with more discussions around mental health. That is, I think, the biggest change for the last two years, you know, outside of just dealing with viruses. Um, I, I, there, there's been a huge spike in mental health concerns for children and, and teenagers. And so, you know, we definitely dealt with it before and we definitely had patients with mental health concerns, but it's, it seems like this this put gasoline on a fire that you know maybe was already there and, and there's just a lot more of it or more has come out or, or i don't know maybe people are more willing to talk about it right now because it's gotten so severe but right. it, it definitely we're seeing a lot more of it okay devall nation we're going to go ahead and take a quick break may i suggest you follow the good doctor's orders and grab a healthy snack while we pause to recognize two friends of the show munch on a carrot and we'll be right back Coming every week on podcast platforms everywhere, a podcast like no other. Listen to John as he talks about comic books, video games, and anything he wants. Every week is a new topic. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll subscribe. Follow The Basement Reload on all social media platforms at Basement Reload and smash that subscribe button. It's time for a reload. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? 
If you want Kleenex for your classroom, maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello everyone, this is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Hello, this is Erica, host and guide of the YouTube vlog Mon Jardin au Coin. I invite you to join me as we explore the many joys of gardening, such as sowing seeds, raising plants, and the reward of harvesting. If gardening is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow my adventures and receive tips to help any novice break into starting their own garden, you can find Monjardin Oquan on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I look forward to having you hang out with me in my little garden on the corner. Welcome back to the Dirk Duvall Show. You know, I've been thinking about it. I need to try V8 juice. I see commercials for it all the time. It might help me get my much-needed daily intake faster. So let's just get right back to our interview with pediatrician, Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh. We mentioned nutrition earlier, and with supply chain issues, we are seeing shortages in grocery stores, and with you know schools doing distant learning off and on, some of these kids might even be getting their three meals a day. What advice are you giving parents who have questions about their children's nutritional needs? We need to eat real food. That's really the overall basic concept that is just so important that we need to just start hammering home and to be preparing food more. We need to be eating real food. It's not complicated. Sometimes it can be a little bit harder or more time consuming or even more expensive at times, but as much as we can eating real foods, meaning eating an apple, eating an orange, buying the ingredients and preparing them into a meal as opposed to buying something prepackaged. And it's not that you can't ever eat something prepackaged. You can't ever go out uh, to a fast food restaurant. But if you're doing that all the time, then that's where you start to run into long-term health issues. It's, you know, every once in a while, it's okay. But we, you just never know what's in food when you don't prepare it yourself. Things can taste better, uh, you know, if you get something at a prepackaged store because they're going to put in sugar and salt and other chemicals and preservatives. And eventually those things add up and everybody can handle a little bit. But 
you know, we're eating poorly so frequently, and we see that with the rates of obesity and chronic disease, and we need to focus back on how to eat healthy and just purchasing healthier food. It's, it's not hard to do. It's just, it's something that's important, and we have to make it a priority because that's just what we, we have to do. And, and in certain locations, it can be harder, but that, that's more of a systemic issue too, where I think you know, as a society, we have to prioritize food and make it easier for people to get. But as a family, as a parent, we need to prioritize this as one of the most important things in our life for our children's health. And we can't make an excuse anymore of, oh, we're too busy or it's too expensive or, oh, we can't do this. It just has to be a priority. And we have to, as a society, decide that healthy eating uh, is a priority for all of us. And if we can do that, then we can we can make huge changes. If there's one change that we can make that's going to make the most difference. It's just eating healthy. So when I told my listeners you were coming on, a lot of fans wrote in and had pretty much one question among them. But I mean, they had many. But this was one in particular that uh, they had. And I hope it's okay to ask. What advice would you give to a parent who is on the fence about getting their child vaccinated? So, you know, I think that we you have to read you know all the information out there and you have to speak to your practitioner and decide if it's right for you you know the the research at least at this point shows that the vaccine is helpful for uh you know everyone in terms of decreasing your risk of serious disease and so that that's what you have to decide if that is you know the right thing for you or not you know i think that people should have these discussions with their their doctor and and you know come to a decision that's that's right for your family. It's a very uh, you know it's a new vaccine and it's a new disease and so there's a lot that we don't know and there's a lot of fear around many things and so I think it's just a personal choice that everybody needs to make with their uh, personal doctor and, and then you go from there. Can you tell us about your experience on the front lines from when the COVID nineteen pandemic first started? So you know for us. As, as a well, for me as a pediatrician, at the beginning especially, it was uh, it was scary because I think people just didn't know, you know, what was going to happen, how how dangerous it was. At the beginning, it didn't seem like it was very dangerous, and then it seemed like it got a lot more dangerous. And then hopefully now, you know, the the newer variant seems like it's a little bit less dangerous and a little more contagious, but but mostly seeing you know coughs and colds and, and those kind of things. So it's been a, a very wild ride. You know, a lot of ups and downs and, and a lot of you know, telemedicine at first and people not wanting to come in and then everybody getting a little more comfortable with coming back in. So there's been just a lot of changes and have to be really flexible with people. And, and especially, you know, for my office, there's just a wide range of, of people's beliefs and, and where they are you know, with COVID and everything else. And so it's just working with each family where they are and trying to provide the best information that we know and, and, and just you know, going with the flow because information changes so frequently um, and that can be really frustrating for people so we just you know try to get the best information out there and help people make the best decision that's for their family yeah and I, I think a lot of it also depends on where you work you know I think the experience of someone in the hospital is very different than somebody in uh, you know major urban center outpatient clinic versus a rural outpatient clinic you know there, there are certain locations that obviously had a lot more cases and and also depends who you take care of. You know, I take care of kids, and so for the most part, for kids, it's been pretty mild. Whereas if you take yeah. care of the elderly, uh, you know, not as as mild for them. So I think it depends on on where you work and what and what patients you work with. You know, as your experience, especially if let's say you work on like the intensive care unit. You know, you you right. you've had a wild two. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, we did a lot of reading on you. Now this is pretty interesting. What is Earth Conscious Films? Because that concept was fascinating. 
So Earth Conscious Films is a company that one of my good friends uh, started. He's a filmmaker, and and so he has done many films in, in the documentary world on you know, helping the planet and, and, and those kind of things. Their last film was called The Need to Grow, um, and it was all about soil and how important soil is and, and what's going to happen if we you know don't preserve our soil. Um, and so I just was... Uh, on board for that in terms of being a medical advisor and just uh, giving advice and, and just being there if they had any questions and, and things like that. So, you know, I just help them out in, in terms of they have any medical questions uh, in terms of uh, some of their projects, but but they do they do great work and have made great films. And The Need to Grow was amazing and they won you know, a whole bunch of awards and circuit and it's, it's a pretty cool film. Yeah, I was looking for it yesterday and trying to find a copy to watch because I have a theater in my home and I think that truly deserves to be seen on a big screen yeah it was a great film you can be you can find it on on vimeo now i think if not you know you can message me or anyone can message me figure out where but you can get it from the need to grow.com so i always like to ask one fun question when you want being a doctor what sort of things do you do to unwind and have fun i love traveling so i haven't been able to do obviously as much of that (laughs) during the pandemic but you know we try to get away as much as we can even if it's more road trips and, and things like that and go up to, you know, wine country and go to Palm Springs and hang out in the desert and just try to relax away from all the craziness. <laughs> are you into hiking or are you an adrenaline junkie? Yeah, I, I, I love to travel. I'm a foodie. I love coffee too. Mm. Um, I definitely love to go hiking, but I haven't had to do I don't get to do as much of that anymore having a two-year-old. So it's more oh, yeah. you know, doing the things that he finds fun, but hiking, <laughs> well, he likes you know, you can only do so much hiking with a two-year-old. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Before the COVID-19 pandemic, I used to be an indoors person. Hated going outside. And then when we all got locked in our homes, after it was safe to do so, I made a promise to go outside and breathe real air and such. It's um, it's really changed how I look at things. No, definitely. I mean, for even for me, you know, I got a lot more into gardening. I have a lot more, um, like, fruit plants and or fruit trees and, and other things and, and just more of a garden. I, th- I think... The more I've gone on, the more I've realized how important that is. It's also really good to teach, you know, my son. And I think everybody should teach their kids about gardening. Hmm. And it's a nice, I mean, it's a nice thing to just be able to walk outside and grab grapefruit or, hmm. you know, grab a lemon, something like that, instead <laughs> of buying it. <laughs> so what does the future look like for Dr. Gator? For me, you know, I hopefully we'll, we'll keep expanding the online platform. I'm working on a pregnancy course right now. And I'm also working on a pandemic masterclass. I've got a bunch of top professionals, therapists, psychologists, New York Times bestselling authors who have spoken about their experience with the pandemic um, and also just how we can come out of it stronger. So that will hopefully be coming out in the next couple of months uh, on integratedpediatrics.com. And, and, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm really trying to work and focus on, on parenting and holistic parenting. So just anything under that umbrella, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on that and keep spreading messages of health. As we begin to wind this interview down, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Yeah, I think the best place would be on Instagram at, at Dr. Joel Gator, uh, or you can find me at integrativepediatrics.com. So I end my interviews with my favorite question. The question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you want to say to the people of Earth? I would want to say to the people of Earth that, number one, it's going to be okay. You know, we've been through all sorts of terrible things in the, human, in the history of humanity. And, and when you're in the middle of something, you know, it seems like it's never going to end, but it will, everything will, and everything, you know, is always in balance. And so we'll, we'll get back into balance. And then also, you know, going back to what we were talking about with food, food is so important. Food is medicine. And 
we have to prioritize the food that we feed our families. It, it cannot be an excuse anymore. 50% of kids have a chronic disease, more than 50% of adults have a chronic disease, and that's because we eat crappy food. And I know it takes more time, and I know it can be more expensive, but we just have to do that. We have to buy more food, we have to prepare more food, and every parent has to be reading every label of everything that they buy, so that way we're not buying things with junk in it. Dr. Gator, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on today. Uh, I want to wish you all the best. Please stay safe in this craziness and all the best to you, your family, and your patients. You as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Be, be healthy and safe, everyone. No, thank you, sir. Thank you. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 68. I want to thank the amazing Dr. Gator for taking time out of his incredibly busy schedule. Be sure to check him out on his social media, like you mentioned earlier, or go to his website, integrativepediatricsandmedicine.com. Man, what an incredible human being. I'm so glad that we get Dr. Gator on here. So we have a huge episode dropping on Monday, and this, folks, is a musical episode. Cannot wait for you to hear our special guest, as I am 1,000% positive you have heard their biggest single in a movie. Man, that's going to be an awesome drop. I can't wait to release it. I also want to throw a huge shout-out to my local football, what you Americans would call soccer team, the Tulsa Athletic, as they hope to secure an MPSL Conference Championship on Saturday. They have had a crazy campaign, but after last night's victory by penalty kicks, I believe that they can pull off a victory in the finals. Also, you can probably hear my voice. I'm a little hoarse from all the screaming. So I will let you know how the outcome, good or bad, in the next release. I've had a chance to check out our store on TeePublic. We have joined up with TeePublic to bring you exclusive Derek Duvall Show-themed merchandise with magnets, stickers, and mugs. T-shirts, I keep getting emails about this. Yes, T-shirts are coming soon. So be sure to check out our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Click on the banner on the left, on says Merch, and you will be then taken to a place with a link. They'll take you directly to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for being such amazing partners. On behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you, be safe, get tested for COVID regularly, and get that vaccine. COVID numbers are spiking again, and I want all of you to be here to celebrate when we finally get past this craziness. Nosda, God bless, and see you very soon, planet Earth. This has been a recording of the Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duval Show.